Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I am Megan Gilker, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Like, just a quick check-in here. I want to start there and I just want to begin by pausing with the concept of taking like this self-scan of our own bodies, our own minds, how much we're breathing, how much we're taking in, how are we feeling? We're in the dead of winter right now. We're at the beginning of February and this is the hardest point. I always talk about this with friends that February is the month where you begin it believing you can endure it and you end it being like, oh my gosh, when is spring. Can I do this? <laughs> so, and mix that this year with the height of the pandemic. There's so many questions out there. I just know that if you're anything like me, you got two small kids at home, you're trying to work, you're trying to figure out life, and it's really hard to hear what you need. And I just think about like you wake up in the morning and there's all these things coming at you, right? Like even if you don't look at the news and you just like have the things in your own proximity proximity. You know, the dogs need feeding, the kids need feeding, everyone needs feeding. And I always find that it's myself that I'm putting the meal for last. So I'm telling you right now, we're just going to begin this by just self-scanning. So if you're listening to this and it's comfortable for you, or you're in a place that you can do this, you can lie down, you can sit comfortably, however is best for you. And just like that moment at the end of a good yoga session where you just like lay there and assess your whole body. You start at the top of your head and you go all the way down and just letting go of whatever you're holding right now, because we need to like take that moment every day to do that especially right now, especially in winter, especially in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) So please take that moment for yourself as we move forward in this podcast to just kind of listen to yourself and what you need right now and what your body's telling you because our body always has a language. It's up to us to be willing to listen. And I'm not always good at that. So I'm telling you that I need that too. And I am imperfect at that. So if I need it, I would venture to guess that you do too, because it's very easy to put ourselves last. 
last. So start there. Deep breaths, assessment of self, let go where you're holding things, breathe in where you need it, and then let it go too. So I hope that's already releasing some tension in your body as you begin today. (laughs) And jumping in, um, we're going to be talking today about winter in a deeper way. I, I know that I mentioned this in our very first episode, and I was talking about winter and our culture and how we're going through that and enduring that. And I still believe that. I still stand by that. I mentioned Catherine May's wintering book, which if you haven't picked that up yet, go for it. You can listen to it as an audiobook. even. It's a quick read. The book is beautiful and amazing. And she also has a great episode on the On Being podcast with Krista Tippett that is really awesome too, that I highly suggest. But I wanted to dive in today and talk about winter in a bigger way because winter is the most, in my mind, the most important season. And I never saw it as that. I saw it as this season that we looked at as like, okay, let's just survive winter. Let's just get through this. How can we trudge through the depths of the coldest months that just feel terrible? I've always seen winter as the season that we just had to get through. And when I moved to the South, to Raleigh, North Carolina, it was awesome. It was like, okay, we get like a month of coldish weather and then it's spring. But I realized when I was living there is that I missed winter. I missed the ability to rest, to settle in, to be given permission more or less, to be in silence, to be in hibernation mode. And without it, I felt ungrounded. And it was really odd to kind of get to that point because I it surprised me. And it left me trying to figure out, I couldn't figure out why I didn't feel grounded. And it was because there was no point of rest. There's no point to stop and self-scan. There's no point to just sit back and relax and be like, okay, where do I go next? Like, what do I do? What do I need? You know, how am I doing? And so when I started realizing how important winter is in that, I started to be able to assess and figure out how much winter played an important part in my year. And I love the analogy that Catherine May uses with wintering of how life is not about being on a linear path. Instead, life and how we work through it is is circular, just like the seasons. And without each piece of those seasons, we're missing something. And I would beg to say that the most important season of them all is winter because it's the one that allows us to, to look at ourselves. It's the moment to sit back and look. And it's hard. It's hard because we have to stop and we are in a culture that fast is rewarded and slow is seen as failure. And we can say whatever we want to ourselves that we don't feel that, but there is a level of FOMO, so to speak, fear of missing out if we don't just move forward with life as quickly as possible. But I think that's why winter is so uncomfortable. And when winters come into our life, they're so uncomfortable because now we have to shift gears. We have to, and if we're not prepared, it's extra painful. And I even think that that's why when the pandemic came, it was like, we had no idea how to prepare for it as individuals. It was like, we could see the tide coming, you know, we could see the waves coming and we kept saying, well, that's not going to hit us. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Boom, it happened. And we had nothing to hold on to. We had no way to find our way in the tumbling waves of what it was. And it felt absolutely devastating in that moment because we were caught unprepared for a very hard winter storm. And we had no idea when it would let up. And we still don't really know. So knowing that, I think I was able to have a little bit more grace for myself in this process 
of enduring a pandemic now for almost a year, it, it gave me a lot more grace because I I, re- I know these things because of wintering. I know myself, like I have grown up in the winter and I started finding myself completely relying on the things that I had learned as a young child and in the last few years as a mother living amongst this and as an adult that have allowed me to have space for what we're in the middle of. And it's still not easy. I still have days where I sit at the kitchen table and I cry in the morning. (laughs) Don't know why crying in the morning is my thing, but you can ask Mike. I like probably do it once a week, but, (laughs) and my children have just become normal about it at this point, but something triggers me. But that's part of wintering is it's part of going through the process. Winter is not about always being happy. It's not about puppies and rainbows all the time, but there are beautiful moments. The sun shines and we get these things called sun dogs where it's super cold days and the cold atmosphere creates this like rainbow effect around the sun that's unmistakable. It's beautiful. Even on the coldest, deepest, like cold you can possibly imagine, like negative (laughs) 20. It's freezing outside, but those rainbows around the sun up here. So I guess what I'm saying And why I want to talk about this is because I think maybe some of these things that I have been utilizing to give me endurance in this time that have come from my experience of being somebody that lives in the North and how I prepare for things like giant snowstorms may be helpful in how we all perceive what we're in the middle of. And so I want to just put those things out there today. I want to make this part of how we approach this time because yeah, sure. Winter is going to end like the actual season itself. Like we're like 50 something days, or I don't even know if it's that much until the first day of spring, but we're also in the middle of this pandemic that feels like a winter in our culture and we will get through it. We will get to the other side. The days will come where we can see the light again, but till then, things are going to feel weird and we're going to be in this. And so how do we thrive in a time that feels like we're just trying to survive? And I truly believe we can still live. We can still thrive. We can still live abundant lives that just look a little bit different, even in the depths of the hardest things we're going through. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's a big topic, but I really hope that not only when you leave this podcast today, that you feel a sense of ownership over what you're experiencing, but also permission to give yourself the ability to slow down, to pace things differently and to not compare to the bigger world because you just can't. And I will tell you that I, I have to work every day at it, but the days that I give myself more grace are the days that I thrive better. So that's what we're going to do today. And I hope you just walk away with a lot of freedom at the end of this and a lot of deep thoughts. So that's always, (laughs) that's always my goal, you know? (laughs) So how, how should we start this? Well, first of all, let me like just give you a picture of how as a child, I perceived winter, because I think we had to start there a little bit as a child, winter, I grew up, I was born in Harbor Springs, Michigan. And if you don't know where Harbor Springs is, it is on the west coast of the lower peninsula of Michigan. So northern lower Michigan. We're not in the upper peninsula. It's on Lake Michigan, like skip hop away is where I grew up. And it's in this little bay of Lake Michigan called Little Traverse Bay that is fed by natural springs in the water. So the water is always a little bit colder in Harbor Springs in the harbor there. And it's a magical place. It's a summer town. I love it. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And it's really special if you ever have a chance to go there. But growing up there 
as a small child about my son's age. When I, w- I walked to school because we lived downtown and I remember as a child, my Mike always makes fun of me because I sound like a grandpa saying like, when I was little, I would walk to school. But the truth is, is I would walk to school and the snow piles would be so high on the sidewalks. that I would have to stop at every single driveway to look around the corner of each, each one of the snow banks to make sure there wasn't a car coming out before I crossed over. And because they were taller than me, I couldn't see around them. I also remember days where I would climb up on top of my dad's work truck in order to get to the top of the snow banks that were on our driveway. They were so tall and it was incredible. Snow was magical. I, I have so many amazing memories of skiing and just celebrating life amongst this season. So it was weird to me when I got older and I felt differently, but there was a magic to winter. And I think we have to like start with that childhood concept of winter and it feeling magical because I think we can take that into our conversation today. So I want us to start with the idea that winter isn't about surviving it. Winter is magical. I want to take that energy of a magical childhood into this moment because we can perceive these things with a new lens if we bring that in. So even if you live somewhere that it just maybe gets cold and damp or you don't really get snow or you get a lot of ice, there's still magic there. And maybe this will even help more to hear some of these things that we do to help thrive in a time that you normally would be surviving. I'm not unaware of what winters are like elsewhere. And even if you live in a place where it is maybe 75 to 80 degrees every day, there are still ways to to get into winter, to think about seasons, to do all that. And maybe that's a podcast for another day because I would love to bring somebody on to talk about that because we don't all live in Northern climates. But let's jump into this. After we have this idea of what it's like to have a magical perspective as a child, let's take that into these ideas. So the thriving in the darkest season of them all, let's, let's talk about this. The first thing that I learned is that we have to prepare properly. Like we, we cannot, I think that's the thing that I learned early on moving back. I had a six, seven month old, actually he was older than that. He was nine months, I think when in his first winter here in Northern Michigan. And I, I just remember like being like, I have to have all the right gear and everything. And that's not something that's out of the question. In order to enjoy something, you have to be relatively prepared or know how to prepare for it. Thus, why the pandemic hitting felt so just disturbingly shaking in every way was there was no grounding for that. But with winter itself, we know how to prepare. You get the sweaters, you get the leggings that are warm inside, you get the snow pants, you get the mittens, you get, you know, warm drinks need to be ready. You got to have the right cocktails ready, you know, for after skiing. You have to have all these things. There's rituals to these preparations. We spend all summer saving things to enjoy in the winter. Our summer garden is not is as much about winter as it is about summer itself. So it's all about preparation. So when we can see something heading our way, because we do this with snowstorms, you see a snowstorm coming. It's not unseen. Like you can see it on the weather. And so I just know like we do this thing where we're like, okay, well, we might not be able to get to the store for four or five days, you know? So 
till we can get ourselves out of here. Okay, what are we going to do? We're going to go to the store. We're going to pick up some things to make sure that we have some extra stuff. You always have certain things in your car. You have, you know, you have all these things prepared to make something more doable right? So that is something I learned. Like you got to have the gear, you got to have the preparations, you got to have the stuff saved, all of it. So nature does it. It prepares itself for winter. You know, animals prepare for hibernation. They prepare to, they migrate to warmer climates. They do all these things. They store up when things are abundant. We have to take note of that. We have to learn how to do this based upon how nature does it itself and know that that's how we handle things as well. Just because things are readily available to us doesn't mean that those um, those rituals to how we prepare for something aren't also important. So that's the first thing. The next thing, which I find to sometimes be the hardest, is that we have we have to embrace the slow. It's like I said, like our culture does not does not enjoy this. It does not want to reward that. That is not the American modern way. And I don't think social media makes it any better because we compare and we contrast to who we are and what somebody else is. And those pictures aren't 100% real. No matter how much we try to make them real, there's still just a sliver of somebody's life. I'm telling you, like winter is our opportunity to understand how to be slow again. Nothing is easy in winter in terms of like going and doing something. I mean, it takes us as a family 10 to 15 minutes if we're lucky to get everyone fully dressed to go outside. Okay. Find the mittens, put on the hats, put on, you know, everything. We go outside. We're outside for an hour if we're really lucky on a decently coldish day, you know, like 25. We can all, not too windy. We can all survive for about an hour. Then we come back inside and it takes 10 to 15 minutes to get everybody undressed, hands washed. Everybody needs a snack. Everybody needs something to eat. You know, you're talking an hour and a half of your day that is completely focused on just at least 40 minutes that is completely focused on undressing and dressing. You know, all these things, like they take more time. What I am saying is, is that things take longer. It takes longer to drive to town because the roads are slippery, you know? So we have, this isn't just an inconvenience and it's not a coincidence. It's a lesson. It's an opportunity to sit back and realize life takes more right now. And that's the facts. That's okay. That's something we can learn from. That is the reality. And if that's the reality, when we fight reality, it only becomes painful and it becomes difficult, whatever that may be. And so the sooner we address that, the sooner we embrace it, the less difficult it becomes. And all of a sudden it becomes the discomfort slowly becomes comfortable, slow becomes the desire over the fast because we realize the space it creates, the allowance it offers us for grace, for healing, for just identifying our needs. Because it's hard to hear what you need when you're running. It's easier to hear what you need when you're meandering and slowly thinking. <laughs> so, and both have their places. Summer is a lot more about that fast pace. We have a lot more light that allows us to do that, but not in winter. And we have to embrace that so that it's not uncomfortable. The thing that we also have done is create very simple rituals that help us kind of step through the day. So I think about this, like, <laughs> actually I was thinking about it the other day. I got stuck outside with Sutton in my daughter and her sled. And she's like 25 pounds and I'm 
started blizzarding outside and it was really miserable. She was miserable. I was a little bit miserable. And I had to pull her up our hill on our driveway, which is quite steep in this heavy, thick snow. And it was not easy. It was so hard. And I'm like wearing all my snow gear. I'm sweating. And I was like, I'm just going to simply breathe. She's fussing and crying a little bit. And but I couldn't change the situation. We had to get to the other side, right? So I thought about it in my mind, like birth a little bit. Um, So I just like, I'm going to take each moment with a breath. And so I did. And before I knew it, we were both at the top. We were fine. I could like beat it to the house at that point. And we were going to be okay. So I think about that as well. That's what simple rituals are. They're like breasts. You know, it's like taking each little thing at a time. They're simple, warming, wonderful things, just like a deep breath. And so simple rituals are things like, for instance, we do like Sunday dinners. We try to like do this Sunday dinner that kind of takes a little bit of time. It's not something that I'm like rushed through. And, you know, because I have Mike on hand more regularly on a Sunday, so we can have a more deeply long cooked meal. We play card games now with Hayes and, you know, their kid level but it's fun. You know, it's a simple thing. And we try to do these things to get us away from the TV too, because I think it's really easy in the winter to just like crush TV. But I find myself not exactly always happy when I do that. I, and particularly now without as much social interaction, even as an introvert, I find that like playing game, board games and card games is a lot more fun. Spending time, even like dedicating a night to like, that's when we talk with friends um, on FaceTime or something like that. One of my favorite things is to have a cup of tea and turn on the fire and like sit there and just as the snow falls in the evening, watching the fire and drinking tea and talking with Mike. It's so simple, but with a warm blanket, it just is so comforting. And it's like, it's just wonderful. (laughs) It's one of my favorites, but whatever these things are, just like setting these simple routines, a routine can be a very freeing thing. And that was something I have had to break through, but I've learned how good it can also be. So that is one of my favorite things about winter is these very simple rituals that are hard to maintain in summer, but so easy to make a priority in the winter. This is one that a lot of people I think struggle with, with winter. And it's one that I have come, I don't even know how I've come become comfortable with this, but anyways, we'll discuss it. So Discomfort is simply an opportunity. I think about this a lot. So when we're out on a walk, it's really easy for in the middle of the winter, daily walks are definitely a thing that we do in the winter, but it's very easy for like, Hayes, he'll be like, mom, I'm, I, I'm t- I don't want to be out here. I'm so like tired and the snow's cold and you know, the whole thing happens, right? I have a four-year-old. It happens. But I realize, and I say to him, okay, we're just going to like start heading towards home. I know it's upsetting. Like I identify his discomfort. And usually I'm in this discomfort too, because that's what happens with discomfort. It usually spreads from one person to the other. So then I say, okay, we're just going to make it to this point. Okay. Before we know it, we're back home. Right. And I realized that discomfort is the opportunity to build resilience. How can we ever grow you know, without it, because think about it, like in the garden, we prune things, right? Pruning is not a comfortable thing. We discard something which is uncomfortable typically, and that allows for new growth. So as a result, the thing that we can learn is that when we go through something that is uncomfortable, it is simply an opportunity to build resilience, to build new growth, to identify something we need, you name it, it's all there. So when we are uncomfortable in a deep sense of discomfort, say the middle of a pandemic, there is an opportunity there to learn, to shift our ways 
to adjust to make room. And it may not be to our liking initially, but what can result is something far greater than we'd ever experience if we did it. It didn't ever have that discomfort. And that's not always an easy thing to swallow or identify or accept, but it's true. And every time I fight it, I always am like, why am I fighting this? Because it's going to be okay in the end. It will be okay. Something better is going to come. And it always does. So I have found that lesson to be true in such tiny ways over and over again in the middle of winter. Okay, two last ones. And this one's my favorite one. And my favorite story is winter is our opportunity to learn how to celebrate silence. In our world of fast paced everything, you know, I, I struggle so much with social media because like Mike came in the other day, he's like, did you hear about this new app? You can like listen to people all day. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't like, I'm introverted, first of all. So I don't like listening to people a lot. I don't like a lot of noise. And I'm very selective about the things I listen to. I'm very selective about the things I watch. I'm very selective about what I read. Like it's, I don't like a lot of noise. I don't like a lot of noise in my own house. It's very hard for me with kids sometimes because they can be very loud and which is fine. I just have to like find my Zen as a parent in that. But I remember the first moment I became deeply aware of the silence that exists in winter. And it was when my son was little, it was probably like January. So it was like this time of year, we were living out at the Underville Mission Peninsula, north of Traverse City, and which there's a lot of dirt roads. It's right on the lake. It's at the very tip of this little peninsula in the middle of Lake Michigan. It's dreamy and amazing. And we were on a walk. It was just him and I. He was babbling away in the sled and I was just pulling him along, watching the world. And it wasn't really snowing when we left, but then all of a sudden we got this giant lake effect snow clipper that showed up. And if you know anything about lake effect snow, it's never like predictable. It just shows up pretty much. And flakes are like the size of potato chips and they were falling everywhere. And the whole world around us went silent. It was amazing. And haze even stopped babbling. The chickadees stopped chirping. It was unbelievable. And we, I just stood there on this dirt road. There's no one driving, not a sound in the world. And all you could hear was the falling of those giant snowflakes. That was it. There's nothing like that sound. And since then, I crave it. It's like a drug. <laughs> I cannot wait for that day that it's completely still and the snow falls and the whole forest is quiet. And you just stand there and all you're aware of is your own beating heart and the sound of the snow. And that's it. There's nothing else. And you think about that in a world where we are so inundated with noise and believe that we need the noise in order to survive, that counter contrast of understanding and hearing our own selves is so deeply needed. So when this concept of like forest bathing shows up and is talked about, it's like, that's what it is. It's the understanding of the deep silence that play, that seasons like winter can only give us. So silence is something to be celebrated. It's now this commodity that we need to just enjoy. We need to seek out. So I have come to do that. <laughs> I go out on my skis and I find the deepest part of the woods I possibly can alone and just listen. You keenly become aware of your existence, just you and how you meld into the natural world and how the natural world is existing and breathing outside of our own selves. It 
It's fascinating. And it's something that I really suggest making a point to feel and experience if you haven't before, because you'll never realize how much you need that until you experience it for the first time. And I feel very lucky that I live somewhere where all you have to do is step outside and walk a few hundred feet and I'm in the depths of it. Finally, we have to embrace the wilderness of aka the outside. And so many people want to hide away in the winter and not go out. They don't want to experience the outside world when the snow is blowing and a blizzard is coming in. And there are some places where you probably shouldn't, like for your own safety, but even just being outside for 30 minutes a day can adjust your mental state in the middle of the winter. This is where preparation is key. This is where you need that good gear. And, you know, we are really into sports and stuff like that in the winter. I cross country ski and downhill ski. I snowshoe, I hike, I do everything pretty much. And Mike does too. Mike snowboards, he skis, he cross country skis. We sled with the kids, like you name it, it happens in this house and we love all of it. So, but it's essential to living. And so, you know, we think so often like, oh, it's too cold. I can't go out there. Well, that contrast of cold to warm is so good for our bodies. You know, you can sauna, you can do all these other things, cold water plunging. There's all these things that nature offers us in the middle of the winter that you cannot experience in the summer. And I think about that, those healing aspects of what nature gives us to survive a hard time. And I just, there's nothing that compares. And you can ask anyone who lives in a cold climate that you cannot endure a hard season without nature herself. There's no way. You just can't. You're going to be sad. You're going to be depressed. Your energy is going to be low. But let me tell you, 30 minutes outside helping the chickens, even if that's all I get in in a day, changes my whole mood. I just say to everybody, if you have, if you're in the winter, if you're in a hard time, if you're going through something, nature is going to be your greatest healer. And so that becomes so evident in the winter and there's nothing better than just a slow, simple 30 minute walk outside, no matter where you are and dress warm, prepare with a hot drink, even drink the hot drink while you're on your walk. If you so wish simple rituals, these things are how we endure by utilizing these small experiences to walk us through little by little. And before we know it, we go from surviving to thriving and it happens even without us knowing it. At some point we look back and it'll be the, even the middle of summer. And we're like, gosh, I miss winter. I really miss winter. And that's when you know you've done it right. So there is always a point when I start to feel that. And so that's when I knew that I finally had unlocked how to thrive in winter. And I didn't feel the thriving initially in the middle of the winter. I, like I said, I started noticing that I was craving it. And so you may do these things this winter and you may experience these things this winter and start adding these things in to get through the next few months. And you're going to still feel maybe like you're just surviving. But if in the middle of the brightest day of summer, there's all of a sudden a moment where you're like, God, I really miss it when I was quiet in the woods. Now you know that you did it right. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying is that these little practices, these little shifts, it takes time, but it's going to be something that I promise you will make a huge difference over time. And I really hope that just by talking about these things today, that you guys feel this sense of understanding of how to pick and choose what is going to be right for you, where you can grow and expand and leave space for yourself to go through everything we're all going through right now. And to give yourself permission that it's okay to just step a little bit away and take time for yourself because it's really important when we're going through hard things to do that. And it's okay to give yourself that space and it's okay to allow yourself 
yourself that space. You don't have to do it at this fast pace. And in fact, fast pace can sometimes mean the downfall at some other point. Our bodies always tell us when we need rest whether we make time for it or not. So at some point it catches up. So we can utilize these cyclical movements of seasons to leave space for our bodies and our minds and our souls to rest enough to heal so that we don't have to go through these big ups and downs if we can avoid it in some way. Not always. You know, life is what it is. We can't predict it completely. We can only do our best. And, but I know from experience that when we don't do that, what happens down the road is it catches up and it always does. So I know that we're all going through a lot and I hope that this podcast today gives you a little bit of just rest and a little bit of space in your life today and some new things to kind of work on right now to kind of take those deep breaths through the process so that before we know we get there and because we will I know we will even when I don't think we will I I do really know we will and I have a lot of hope still so anyways next week we are going to have our first guest on and I am so excited so we're going to start the series Um, where I'll bring on a guest every month or two where we're going to go through garden tours of just normal people. We will bring in farmers. You guys have asked for that. So I have some farmers lined up as well, which I'm really excited about. But I also want to be talking with normal people like you guys. And so next week we are going to have our first one and it's going to be Megan Stubbs, who is a professional sexologist and body image expert. She's amazing. She lives in Grand Rapids. And so we're going to be talking about her garden. She is a very great gardener. She has this gorgeous garden. And I think you guys are going to love our conversation. We talk about, we talk about sex, obviously, and we talk about in how it's involved in our own nature and how plants do it. We all have this experience and we're going to talk about sex. It's going to be fun. And I'm very excited to have these conversations that kind of can, that will connect because it's connected to our garden and how she is a sexologist views and has learned from nature itself about how to perceive our our bodies, our sexual nature, all of that. So it's a very exciting conversation. I think you guys are going to really enjoy her. She's a really cool lady. So cannot wait to bring these in. We will also have these conversations as well, like we did today. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. It always means a lot. I will see you out there, friends, next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.